She's from there. He's from here. Hanging, Hanging together, together, we make quite a pair. She's left-handed. He's right-handed. Surely, Surely not to, to be disbanded. We, we are the Mighty Mounties. Woohoo! And this is our new podcast called Across the Pond. Because I'm from UK. And I'm from Canada. So we kind of like distant cousins that finally got to meet. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> that's definitely one way. We got to meet in Edinburgh, of all places. That's true. That's fun. It is fun. At the Edinburgh Festival. It's funny because, like, I don't know, maybe like two hours ago, I said to Josh, because I guess, wait, you forgot to say your name. Did we even introduce ourselves? Josh Odyssey. And I'm Michelle Christine. And yeah, so I'm a stand-up comedian originally from Toronto. I play poker professionally, but I'm also venturing out into this comedy scene, seeing what it's about. I've got to do more stand-up, really. <laughs> yeah, that would be definitely what you need to do if you want to venture into the comedy scene. Well, we're already doing a, a few things. Yeah. But I guess uh, we'll share that later. And uh, we also finished our first Twitch stream. We did. High five. Yeah, high five. Yeah. That was good. That was good. And I think one of the reasons that we decided to start a podcast was because um, after meeting, we just naturally um, enjoyed talking. And at first it was just kind of about business, about, I don't know, about... Um, relationships. Yeah, relationships. In a big way, we're probably talking about relationships on our podcast. Yeah. Because that involves everything, whether it's business, family, friends, loved ones, potential loved ones, rejected loved ones. <laughs> Yep, all those ones. <laughs> Most definitely. And so, yeah, I think it's nice when you have a, a natural kind of uh, cadence or chemistry with someone uh, when you speak, because it's not every day that you meet someone that you feel like you've known for a very long time. And I think we both shared in um, experiencing that with each other. Yeah. And you know when it's special, when you can just go back and forth. Um, it's very hard when you meet someone that's more like a brick wall. I don't know if you've ever had this, listeners, but some people don't have to speak. <laughs> That's a really warm thing to say to start things off. <laughs> I'm starting off with my friendly face. Yeah, well, I mean, he's English, so anything that seems a little bit um, uh, stiff upper lip is definitely just we're, from where you're from. We're very repressed. <laughs> repressed species. And Canadians are unrepressed, so I'm going to be Ooh. unfiltered. I'm going to be raw. I'm yeah. going to be wild. Michelle Christine is a wild child on the back of a motorbike. She just finished a huge European tour after being in Ireland and London and Edinburgh for a month to do the comedy festival after doing a comedy tour all across Canada. That's correct. Oh my God, I feel tired just saying it. I don't even want to say it again. I don't even do it. How'd you do it? That's funny you mentioned that because my mom says she gets tired just looking at my Facebook. And so you're not alone in feeling that way. I don't know. I feel like there's like a a gear that I get into when I get really focused on, you know, a, a big epic challenge. And I just push myself to my absolute limit. So we shared on Twitch some of your choice photos from around the European tour mm. can you just um, drop the kind of the, the, just the general layout of the countries you're in and sure. on the back of a motorbike travelling between three to six hundred kilometres every day and then doing 
a comedy show at the end. That's true. I started off in London, uh, then I went to France, and then I went to Brussels, and Amsterdam was my first show. Whoop. Yeah, whoop, whoop. And I didn't... Up the Dutchies. <laughs> I didn't smoke any weed. I didn't sleep any prostitutes. That's what she has to say. Yeah, it's a PG-13 podcast, huh? potentially. We'll see. Um, I've had fans before that were 13, and that was their parents' decision to let them into the show. So here we are. Um, but anyway, uh, and then after Amsterdam was Berlin. Uh, Berlin to Krakow. Uh, Krakow to... Krakow's Lachau. in Poland. It's yep. not just a little den in Berlin. <laughs> yeah, that's just true. Just so people know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. France, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands. Uh, which someone told me the Netherlands isn't actually the country. Holland is the country. Yeah. And the Netherlands is just a region. So, yeah. we'll mention that. Uh, yeah, and then Germany, uh, Poland. Then I went to, to Czech and did a show in Prague. I went to Vienna and did a show in Austria. And then I went to uh, Serbia after that. Bulgaria, Romania, back up to Budapest and Hungary, where I did a show, back to Austria, then back to Germany, where I did another show, and then my last two shows were in France, at my uh, French friend Cecile's house, like literally in her house, in her little kind of uh, venue space that they want to turn into a restaurant, and then my last show was in Paris. Wow, again, I'm feeling a bit fatigued. <laughs> so, um, one of the questions that I've had that popped up in my head just now, hmm. Do you notice a difference performing to Austrians as opposed to Germans? Is there really a difference? Can the Germans get away with the claim that Hitler was actually from a different region because he was Austrian? Well, I mean, the Germans I've met so far in my life have not reminded me of Hitler, which I think is great. This is a great first podcast. Yeah. I, you know, I just come out with guns here. We always have to mention um, Hitler to really get the ball rolling on your podcast, but... Yeah, um, no, I, I've honestly, I, German people and I get along quite well. I find that they're very straight, straight yep. shooters, very honest people, uh, hardworking. And I, I like that they're kind of, they always say, oh, German people have so many rules and this and that. But I'm like, you have the Autobahn. I got my motorcycle faster in Germany than I got it in any country. You read it, read it to the max. Yeah, it was, I, I last geared it, I six geared it, redlined it which means my RPMs went up to the red line um, where you don't like blow the engine. But I got up to 135 miles per hour, which is about Jeez. 218 kilometers an hour, give or take. But hey, I was keeping up with the Porsches and the Audis. and Under 10 seconds. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, Germany was a highlight for sure. But yeah, I mean, I really I was going to say I blitzkrieged Europe. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's not the right... No, we're talking about Germany. We're talking about Europe. We we're talking about Hitler. putting foots in pies oh, all over man. the place here. We are, because um, this is the late night podcast, right? This is the late night podcast. We have been working very hard all day, and we just thought, you know what? Why not just throw on a podcast and... Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> knock it out of the park. Uh, so do, please excuse any uh, faux parts here. Yes. It is quite late. Uh, it is. Nearing the 1am. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I have a, a very um, plain accent. I don't know how you feel about Canadian accents. I think it's very uplifting and there's a nice like a uh, positive positive kind of like uh, i don't know if quirkiness is the right term but like it's just definitely like an upbeat kind of ascension to your voice which uh, us brits will never venture to <laughs> well that's why it's a good contrast right we found each other and we enjoyed our differences as much as our similarities um but yeah i wonder if i'll pick up any accent living because I've moved across the pond to the UK. I tell you that Scottish accent you did today that was 
amazing. It's the best accent I've heard, heard you do. And you're Canadian. Mm. Yeah, well, if you... Oh, you're half Scottish as well, That's then. true, yeah. Oh, okay. My mom's from Edinburgh, so I'm, I've, I've heard a lot of Scottish in my life, I guess you could say, when my family comes to visit. That makes a lot of sense now. And the craziest part is that I was supposed to be in Edinburgh right now. I had bought a ticket. It was only 16 pounds. 16 uh, pounds? Yeah, 16 pounds. What, this six... must be on the back of a horse? <laughs> That would be more expensive, actually. Oh, yeah. It would. Yeah, it totally. Honestly, it's like freaking $100 an hour usually to ride <laughs> horses. Or pounds. Who knows yeah. what it is here. Uh, but yeah, horses are expensive to test ride. I mean, it's not really a test ride, but sort of. Anyway, but it was 16 pounds. It was a Ryanair flight. Ryanair. Yeah, Ooh. I was splurging. And uh, yeah, and we tried yesterday to bang out like four podcasts i was so ambitious (laughs) i was literally riding from are you kidding me yeah well i mean at the time i thought this is gonna be easy i'm gonna be there all day of course (laughs) we can do four podcasts and then we spent about five or six hours trying to figure out how to use obs on the computer and use we are not tech-minded people we um bow in the presence of any uh tech nerd gods out there anyone that knows how to sync up something on a on an app or program that isn't as readily known by the public you have certain gifts and uh, we appreciate you we love you five and a half hours we didn't get very far we didn't it was embarrassing how little was actually done in that amount of time damn but there was a lot of draining and frustration (laughs) and i felt like it like it took its toll on me (laughs) jeez i'm feeling it today (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's true. I only slept for three hours just because I like woke up and was immediately oh, yeah. like, oh, we need to do so much more today to make up for yesterday. I think it's a some form of like a nervous shock or uh, some sort of uh, condition when you when you when you put yourself in the furnace of incompetence, <laughs> then and you come out away from it, you are somewhat damaged. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened to us, it but. Was. We made uh, massive learning, didn't we? We did. We did. And we did, yeah, we, we ended up using, we created these slides for our Twitch live stream. So it was like pictures of me. Only um, took two and a half hours. Yeah, that's all it took, you know? And I remember to going to PowerPoint. bed. Yeah, to do something that I was like, oh man, it took us forever to do something mediocre, which oh, is always Jesus. painful. Like, medi- I hate being bad at stuff. And like, uh, it's just with tech, I'm always just going to be stumbling and crawling and crying and laughing and being exhausted and not really coming up with anything great but hey so we reached out to our community and someone that was awesome showed us his web page which had instructions follow that through i had to do that a number of times and tweak it a little bit but we finally finally got it our camera was working yes and then guess what (laughs) the frame rate on it was not great not ideal (laughs) very laggy so, but we ha- we came up with a contingency plan. You did, Josh. Is that I was like, okay, we have to have like a an image that's still, like we can't be moving in it. Huh. And then he set up the camera to film my uh, motorcycle helmet, and yes. we would check in with the helmet every it was once a watch in a while. Watch cam on the cycle helmet in case in case thieves had broken in, ignored all of the electrical equipment and us and the TV and everything in here, and decided, you know what, let's get the helmet. Yeah, a used helmet that has some visible damage, a lot of bud, bug carcasses on the visor, and doesn't smell that great. You could get 10 quid for that, or 20. Yeah, like maybe, I mean, I could probably 15. sell 15 quid, yeah, 15 definitely. Quid. So, 
I mean, I would go in with 20, they would say 10, we would agree on 15. <laughs> there you that's go. So, go. you know, there's money in the bank. Yeah. It is. So we have to keep an eye on it. And that's what that camera was for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and I think the conclusion of today was like, uh, however bad you are, if you can jump in and swim, you got to start swimming because that's the only way you're going to get better. And actually, we'll put a little Facebook Live up as well. Um, and yeah. Just some some of your fans were there from the shows. Yeah. And we had a really great time. We did. Was, uh, you know. Lovely. The Mighty Mounties. People from around the world. Yes. We are growing. And our, there's a demand for us in The Key Mighty West. Mounties. Um, <laughs> so if that's something of interest to you, do hit us up on the Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash laughing mounty. Um, or hit us up um, on any of the social media. It's laughing mounty. So uh, you can contact and... Uh, you know, if uh, if you want to know more about what we're doing or anything like that, or actually see us or see some of our great PowerPoints, <laughs> yeah, yeah, our then uh, I'll be star. updating the uh, the Twitter and the Facebook, which I didn't remember to do today. Oh, you know, I mean, we we got a, we got a lot of balls in the air and a, a lot of balls. Them, yeah, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, mine are all figurative. Well, yeah, good. Uh, I won't <laughs> I won't say anything more on that. Uh, personally speaking. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think um I'm actually I really enjoyed the stream, but in some some ways I'm even enjoying this more because audio and anchor was one of my first social media platforms where there's something so powerful about the voice. I know you found this Michelle. I have. Where you get to really real depth of understanding of that person, how they say a word, what they're feeling, the level of anxiety, happiness, mm. you know. Or how 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 really into something that someone might be, you could tell that in just in the tone of the voice. And Anchor was an app that initially let people talk to one another and connect. And now we're using it right now to set up this podcast. So it's kind of a bit of a special time for me. We had a crazy call before this when I accidentally invited uh, six other Anchor people that I used to know, and we had like an eight way call. Uh, just a call <laughs> but they got to express that they watched Survivor and I have to say I have one of the biggest Survivor fans here Superman big news there's yeah. big news isn't there huge Michelle? news huge news so uh, I am from Canada as I mentioned and I've been watching Survivor I've seen every single season I even watch like Survivor Australia which is great as well and one of the things is that uh, I could never take part in Survivor I'm I'm not an American citizen, and that was one of the prerequisites. Which I found crazy. Yeah. Because there's some sort of tax thing that if you actually win Survivor, you have, if you had dual citizenship, you have to, am I getting this right? You have to yeah. let go of one of them? Yeah. So in the past, there was a dual citizen, uh, Canadian and American. He won Survivor, and they made him rescind his Canadian citizenship before allowing him to claim the prize money. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. And then after that, he kind of fell into some, I think, uh, addiction issues with drugs and alcohol. So do not, do not ever rescind being Canadian because not, I think it's not a good thing to get. Don't do drugs, kids. Well, that too, yeah, yeah, that too. But I just think it's like a crushing thing to have to do for your soul. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, applying for Survivor. It's a season thirty nine. Yeah, I want to. Jeff is waiting. Yeah, Jeff is waiting. I think it'd be freaking phenomenal to be on that show. I watched. I thought I was a fan until I talked to Michelle. And I've watched Survivor a lot of seasons. One uh, dark 
week, I watched, or maybe fortnight, I watched back-to-back Survivor seasons. Uh, you know, I didn't realise it was depression at the time, I was a young man, or maybe boy. Um, and, um, and Survivor got me through. Well, it's funny you say that because that's happened to a few people. Even people on Survivor have said that. Um, yeah. Zeke was a character. Not a character. Yeah. A person. It's funny because you almost view them as characters when you're just like a fan it's of theirs. True. They paint them that way. Yeah, well, they do. They? they really do. And yeah, so he said that he, he went through a dark time in college. And then, yeah, he just binge watched Survivor. I've done it through in times of sadness as well. And it just really kind of like, I don't know. I just, I love, I love it. It's exciting. It's It's incredibly difficult. Um, and you always see that in how much like weight they lose because people yeah. are like, oh, it's fake. Nobody loses that much weight a voluntarily. Lot. A lot. Like it just the bug bites that they have are but, just but insane. When they had heroes versus villains, mm. and they had the uh, with Rob and uh, the other guy who who used to Russell uh, Hands. Russell Hands, mm-hmm. yeah. They came out and they'd already done the Survivor before themselves. Mm-hmm. And they came out big, like they packed on the pounds, and then you see the transformation that Rob goes through in that. He drops so much weight, and he was prepared for it. Um, but I did want to also mention my favorite part of the show, and I think it's a lot of people's favorite part. And this isn't a Survivor podcast, so we'll move on afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, we will. But um, it's when the family comes out. But the hardest thing is when they have to be on the opposite side, family members, with that family member who hasn't seen them in so long, and all they want to do is give them a hug. And Jeff is like... Not all of you will get a hug today. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times they do let them hug. Like in all the recent seasons, yeah, they, they yeah. do let them hug. But They've what, softened. But yeah, yeah. Jeff has softened. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. He has more creative control now. But well, he, he is. He likes to kind of wedge that knife in because the person that wins the, the family challenge does usually have to pick two or three people that yeah. also get to do the family thing to make bitter, bitter enemies yeah. with the people that they didn't choose. I remember one year they didn't have that aspect to it and people were just went uproar. Yeah, so... Well, anyway, that's, that's the World of Survivor and I wish yeah. you well in applications. Thank you. And uh, hopefully you become the first uh, Canadian. Yeah. Outright Canadian to win it. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing, right? It would be. Just from this little thing, it would be great. Well, <laughs> I think the problem with Survivor is I think that it's incredibly difficult because I've, I've watched every season um, to come out where you play a strong enough game where you get voted the winner but not so aggressive that you get mm. taken out as an early threat. And it yeah. happens a lot where people just go way too hard, way too quickly, and you mm. really should slow play it and do it a bit yeah. subtle because you want to go deep. That's all that matters. And then yeah. really come out roaring in the back half, I think. And I, I think that's a lesson in, in life. Um, and I know especially in business, patience, the long game. The amount of times that I've tried to start a business and even when I was trying to work for people, it was always in within an entrepreneurial activity, you know, new companies starting up. And you just got to keep persisting. And eventually your skills going to get better. Yep. You're going to learn more. You're going to realize how important passion is. Mm. Passion is everything. It is everything. Pursuit. And I think, you know, that's what we've got here together on the podcast. Um, yeah. And that's why I'm excited. And, when you have that excitement in your day, it doesn't matter how long that day is. I agree with that. Yeah. Because it's, it it's not every day that you meet people that you have those goals that align well with them. Yeah. Because you'll meet some people, maybe you will get along, but you don't have, like, a, like you know, not everyone wants to start a podcast. Or not everyone wants to, like, yeah. you know, um, l- live stream on Twitch no. or 
or whatever, and maybe, you know, you meet someone and they're, yeah, like, a great woodworker, but you just have no passion for woodworking, and you can watch movies together, but you can't yeah. do or, business. Or they're either in different location or different time parameter. So the amazing thing is that we both work at night, um, so we've got the day to kind of work on things. Um, most people, they're at work, and then when they get back from that, and usually it's, you know, 80% of the people aren't necessarily doing things that they want or love, they want to like you know you know want to chillax. They want to relax. They, they do want to escape. That Have some kind beer, of nine smoke to five some grand. weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, grind. Nine to five grind. Yeah. Yeah, it's like nine to five grand. <laughs> I'm thinking about something else, but yeah. uh, don't worry. <laughs> no, it's true because they want to switch off when they come home. Whereas when I'm working on kind of creative projects all day. Yeah, we're at, the, we're at the end of the day. We're like, let's just do one more little thing. Like, let's bang it out, ha. you know, before we get too tired. Just after a, an eight-way call with uh, other Anchor people, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun feature, Anchor. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, never actually heard of it, which is nuts. Like, yeah, it blew that my mind. Bizarre. That was bizarre. It was fun, but uh didn't know where people were from, who they were necessarily until they introduced themselves. And even then, it was tough. Uh, but it was great, you know. I think I recognized at least one voice then. I just saw that one guy's like, "Yeah, I'm at a rental property, uh, patching some holes in the wall." And it's when, like, how how are we talking to a person right now doing that? That's amazing. His phone was in, I think, in a Bose or something, and it was playing music. And then through the anchor app, I invite invited him, and it started ringing. And he said, "You know what? I'm gonna pick it up." And he picked it up, and he was sharing us all about his rental and how he loves Survivor and. It's great. I know. Maybe I shouldn't have told him like you should own the rentals, but I just feel like if you have a talent for home renovations, like why not be the person that owns the property and rents it, and then you can fix it super cheap because you have that skill set, you know? Like, cause I I just feel like uh, it's, I'm I'm so unhandy. Like I'm I would if I was a landlord, I would have to mm. delegate pretty much everything. Yeah. Like fun. I could clean. I yeah. could paint. Yeah. But I couldn't repair. Well, you know, it takes a certain level of skill and I think uh, we're learning just from these last two days about the importance of individual skill sets and then reaching out beyond your own skill set. Like I think school taught me and taught everyone that, uh, you know, don't look over to your your neighbour's work if you're struggling. You know, you've got to find out the answer. It's your score on the board. And I think, you know... You gotta find the thing that you love. If you've if you've got lots of A's, cool. What's your favorite A? If you've got lots of D's, cool. What's your favorite D? You know, mm. and then just just keep going towards what you're good at, and anything else, uh, you'll be able to find someone, someone else that can cover that, and it's so much better. I mean, for us, we're kind of people, people, if that's even a good term. Uh, so reaching out and, and connecting with people that are tech minded or, or know other things or if we were in the property world would be a handyman yeah um, that totally. would be that's so such much more so much more an enjoyable experience than trying to figure out how to plaster board I don't know yeah I agree with that completely and I think that delegating or, or finding people like I, I like what you said about school where it's, it's yeah it wasn't like more of a sharing nurturing collaborating atmosphere was very individualistic and very like my grades versus your grades that world's not like that that's not even close to like that when are you ever going to be at a job where they're just like don't look at the internet don't (laughs) ask anyone don't call someone that would know the answer like it's insane internet has nearly all the answers 
and but finding them can sometimes be tricky. That's true. But, I mean, we watched in, a lot of YouTube videos. About, he even watched. Okay, this is funny. So, oh my god, I ride a motorbike, right? And so, uh, sometimes sometimes my hair just gets in so many knots. <laughs> so I always have to do a braid, and I don't like self braiding. Like I can do it. I can do it to save my life, but it's not nearly as tight as when someone else does it. And the tighter the braid, the less likely it is to get loose, and then my hair flies wild, and then it gets tangles, and I'm spending two hours getting out knots. So. I said, hey, Josh, do you know how to do a braid? He's like, no, but like I can I've learn. I've never done a braid. I've got three sisters. Not once. Not once have I done this, but I'm good. Yeah, you're, re- you're willing to take the plunge. Yeah. And we put on a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. But it moved really quickly. This woman had this really th- this really cool technique of getting uh, getting two bunches in either hand, and there's one in the middle that's free, and then you kind of cross over... So that you pull, say you pull the left one over, and now the left one becomes the middle, and then and then you grab the other left one and let the middle one hang. And I was like, oh, that seems easy. But then you got to do the right one and do the same, and then hang the middle, and then you got to, and I'm like, and I got confused. Yeah, the first one you did definitely was um was interesting, <laughs> but the second one was a bit better for that, sure. That was the second one was after the YouTube video. Yeah, that's. But true. that shows you like even if you learn the knowledge. Uh, and maybe I didn't learn it fully because I was still waking up. Um, you're still not going to be great, you know. You it takes it takes a while to develop the skill. Absolutely. Yeah, and so you save time by finding other people with skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You can't learn everything. And there's a lot of people that want to help. You know, we want to help people. If Absolutely. anyone wants any of our assistance, uh, you know, with what we're good at, which is basically talking. Yeah. Uh, really or connecting. Great at talking. Or, yeah. <laughs> I think I think if we want to say expertise, talking is. <laughs> it's, it's right up. Like, I mean, I'm a stand up comedian by trade, so I mean that's pretty much all talk, and uh, I do some motorcycle journalism, yeah. which is basically type talking, but like it's more so lifestyle based. So it's definitely like take you on my journey with me. I did a lot of uh, presenter training, and then uh, did a lot of stuff on stage or and set up an events for for stage for delivery from stage. So, uh, that crossover for me. Shouldn't be too hard, but who shall see? Yeah. Well, I think that the hardest part about um, performing, I find, is just like the variability of each night and each crowd. Mm. It's always different. It's, yeah, there's just no two shows that are the same. And a lot of people don't like that aspect of it. Like they, a lot of people want consistency in their job. That's what they're looking for, actually. They don't want yeah. too much um, unknown or variation. Like some people love that, of course, but... There's a lot of people that like, okay, I want to master something. I yeah. want to ha- know exactly what I'm doing, how it's going to happen. I Sounds wanna... good to me. Yeah, like you want control over the variables. But um, in stand-up comedy, I mean, with anything, like when you went to that show, that they actually had a heckle-based show where they wanted the audience to heckle them. Oh, my God. And it would basically be oh like an improv-style show for them. This is before, literally, on the night that I met Michelle in Edinburgh, I had... Had three days, I think, of non-stop going to co- uh, comedies and different uh, stand-ups. And they were all great. But I, I was getting this level of fatigue. If you ever you're doing something and it's kind of new, it's different from the path. Um, and you're just, you know, bombarded by, by this kind of stuff. And then I went to this, this heckler thing and it wasn't great. Mm. And I was in these, these uh, basements of the vampire rooms. Um, the, the host was great. But the guy coming out... 
the first guy that came out, he was a bit aggressive with the audience. And the people in Edinburgh, throughout the week that I was there, during the festival, they're the nicest people. They're really happy, they're having a good time. And he wanted us to heckle him. And we were too happy to heckle. <laughs> too happy to heckle. This is what I would say. And so he was trying to like, rah, 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 and like, people were like, yeah, that's fine. Calling us names, that's fine. Trying to get us to do something, we didn't do anything. The second guy came on, he was much better. He, he had a bit more content. And he was great. And he challenged the audience. He said, what is your best heckle? Give it to me now. And I thought the best heckle would be for me to get up and to leave. <laughs> because my friend was doing a show across the way in the, in the, in the caves, in the tonic rooms. And that's actually how I inadvertently got to meet Michelle. Mm. I'm so glad I did that heckle. <laughs> I'm going to hug that comedian whenever I meet him. Um, because I would never have met Michelle otherwise. And that is the power of being proactive with... Uh, and harnessing serendipity, I think. Hmm. I think there's things that you can do to, like, really make luck kind of appear, you know. If things, the energy's not right, if there's something off, don't be afraid to get up and change. And that's something that we should have learned maybe an hour, two and a half of trying to figure out that technical thing on OBS. But we got there in the end after seven or eight hours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And, like, going with your gut and um, and I think... Also, what was cool is that, you know, now with social media especially, it's so much easier to stay in contact with um, some of the cool people you meet um, in, you know, inadvertent ways. Because back in the day, you know, unless maybe, I mean, with cell phones, they, you know, became popular, I don't know, maybe like 20 years ago, I don't know exactly, but you might take people's numbers, but that's, it was very personal, I think, you know, getting someone's number just mm. seemed like, you know, it's not usually something you would do often the first time meeting somebody. But now with social media, oh, Instagram, or you have Facebook, or do you have, you know, WhatsApp, or there's just so many ways to keep in contact with people that seem much more casual that, that yeah, you don't have these people kind of fall through the cracks that you end up meeting and, and wanting to keep in your, like, your networks and stuff. And when we did that Twitch live stream today, I mean, we had people watching from Australia, from Canada, from America, from the UK, and, like, all together as a community just because of, like, social media. And they actually mentioned that they were loving your Instagram stories. Aww. Michelle, stand up for anyone that might want to check that out. Um, I uh, encouraged Michelle uh, to get into Instagram stories because I was doing a little uh, vlog myself on my stories. And my, my audience loves it. And then people love the stories. So, you know... They, I think they mentioned you found a zombie one night after your... That's from... right. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of drunk people in Edinburgh after 2 a.m., as you would imagine. Sometimes that drunk person is myself uh, on occasion. And I was <laughs> I was sober this particular evening. It wasn't a mirror, though. <laughs> it was not a mirror. Imagine that. And I just... This person was walking so slow, and they were kind of like going a little bit left and then a little bit right and then a little bit left. But like the slowness, it really got to me. And I was like, this looks like somebody out of The Walking Dead that like hasn't seen the human that they're going to like, you know, eat the brain of. But And I was like just behind them being like, Paul, is this a zombie? And I think 70% of people thought it was. Well, maybe it was. I know uh, Shaun the Dead was, was filmed here, so, ah. you know. I never saw in their wild. face. They were always <laughs> ahead of me, so who knows? And actually... One of the, one of the actual um, pubs as a venue, the the World's End, is uh, the third in that series. Mm. Uh, Hot Fuzz being the middle of that cornetto, 
So yeah, it's a really cool place actually, Edinburgh. I uh, popped into the Harry Potter store, and it was it was after uh, a lot of um, walking past pizza shops and deep fried haggis, mm-hmm. and the the food there is is tasty, but it's definitely unhealthy in Edinburgh. To then step into a cavern of mystical wizards, uh, you know, takes takes you to a different world, and I appreciated that. I I went to Universal Studios in Hollywood, and they had uh, Hogsmeade. It was it Hogsmeade. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I think that's right. And they had Hogwarts there too, which was very cool. Yeah. And I remember I went on one of those rides. You know those rides that you kind of like, you go into it and then like it moves you around, but there's also like a lot, a lot of screens and stuff. It's like oh, one of those, yeah. almost like a 4D style. They used to do that with like Back to the Future, right? Yeah, but I mean, it almost, like, I almost kind of like tripped out in that ride. It was like really intense. There was like, I think like fire and like uh, breathing. I don't know. I was, uh, I remember being on the ride being like, I think I need to like close my eyes. I'm getting to that age where like <laughs> some rides are just too much for me now. I don't think we're ready for VR. So Ooh. I'm saying like the kids are going to be in a different world of VR. Like, have you seen some of these videos filming the people that are thinking that they're, they're, they're tight roping between two buildings or they, they're, they're really in, into it, man. They really are there. I just think that some people will never leave their home. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And I think with the advent of AI and uh, bots and things, there might not be a reason to. Yeah. So. Well, both of us are quite pale, so I mean, maybe being indoors is not necessarily the worst place for us. That's true. But I can I can get a little tan, you know. I don't think you've ever seen it. No. Because when you live a nocturnal lifestyle, that means you sleep in the day a little bit. Uh, and then uh, you get up and you're like, oh, sugars, I better do some stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's but, been sunny the past couple of days in London, which has been nice. And uh, I'm nervous because I, I grew up in Canada, but I haven't been in a winter in three years because I lived in Los Angeles the past couple of years. And also I would go to Australia for fringe festivals between January and March. So I, I even avoided the Los Angeles winter the past two years in a row. Ooh. And so I feel like this is going to be like a slap in the face uh, this winter. I like a gut punch. You're lucky cold. it wasn't two years ago when we had the coldest winter in the UK for 100 years. It made me want to just, jeez, jump on a plane. Yeah, it was tough. Well, but, I uh, fantasize like, you know, debating, yeah, going to maybe Barcelona over the Christmas you know, time, because there's a lot of cool festivals around there, and be fun places to put on shows, and I was talking to uh, the guy in the Uber today, so I took an Uber, because I had all the luggage, and he was just like, oh, Barcelona, that sounds cool, and I was like, oh, thank you, thank you for the moral support, Mr. <laughs> Uberman, you're awesome. I think Barcelona is a magical place, if Michelle has been everywhere in Europe, but not Barcelona, so, correct, I think I'm going to change that at some point, you know, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, and it's right on the water, which is cool. So if you are a beach person, which I'm not necessarily, but hey, I would throw a football or something. I'm just not the type of person that's just going to like lie in the sand because I get really bored. Now, Michelle, uh, football's really big here in the UK, but you don't throw a football, you <laughs> kick a football, surely. <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely. Yeah, that's. I'm going to have to get my, oh man, I shouldn't, yeah. Can't be saying football, meaning American football. Yeah. In the wrong well, place. it's fine, but just don't ever say soccer for real football. Because yeah. that is just the worst insult in the UK. 
soccer. Like when uh, Americans say it, it's just jarring. It's you like, said it. You just had a great accent there. Well, you know, I've, I've been a few times. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Barcelona is great because you can be on the beach getting a tan, and then in the same day go and ski on the uh, on the slopes, which is. I don't know any other place you could have. Maybe Canada during the summer. I don't know. Yeah, you can go in Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So there you go. And California to a certain extent too, but obviously that's in the States. Yeah. But I'm curious. So um, I used to be a good flyer because um, we we're talking a bit about America and we've obviously flown across the pond a few times ourselves. But um, I started watching this show called Mayday. And it was, I think, on the Discovery Channel. And it would go over all of the different plane crashes that have like ever existed. Jeez. Yeah. So each episode. First hit that nail. Plane crashes. Thanks. <laughs> each episode was a different crash, and not only not every time people died. You know, sometimes they would recover it or whatever, or some people would die or everyone. And I, so I, I was always a great flyer. I always looked forward to it when I were, when I was a kid. And we first went across the pond with my parents because <laughs> they're both from the UK. My mom was born in Edinburgh. My dad grew up in Belfast. So we would go a couple summers in a row. And I was just amped. I'm on a plane. I'm flying over the ocean. This is amazing. And But then I watched like 20 episodes of Mayday. And then I went from like, you know, flying 20 times, no episodes of Mayday, to flying 20 times, watching 20 plane crashes. And then like it skews, you know, I just was, I'm now a very nervous flyer. And I wish I could erase those memories. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... We've all got to be careful what media we consume sometimes because it can influence the brains. It really has. Yeah, I think a lot of people have said that the news can be very depressing, especially if that's all you watch. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, it can affect my mum sometimes. and uh, But she loves, she thinks she's doing a good thing just watching the news. But they have to give you the worst stories. It's not like... Everything was happy today, you know? Yeah. They have to, like, make something sensational. And that's skewing you to being kind of uh, alarmed in some way. Yeah. Or whatever small level. Yeah, and they said that there's a big rise in that once there was the 24-hour news channels. Like, when CNN was just being, like, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It got, like, it got, it amped it up a little bit with these like the headlines that are crazy and then you read the whole article and you realize it's just like a very very minor part in it and stuff like that but there's a lot of stuff happening in the world and i think a lot of stuff is occurring in the media and and it's interesting especially uh with recent american election results uh how uh how how strong uh new media is uh at reaching people uh so yeah Hopefully, uh, hope this this is all going into a good place rather than where some people fear. But I think the key is to with anything to take ownership. You can just turn off the uh, the TV. You can yeah. t- change the channel. You don't have to keep watching the Mayday, the next Mayday episode. You know, mm-hmm. even though it might be a cliffhanger, literally. Um, <laughs> Right? You yeah. can turn off. Uh, it's not always easy, but um, as soon as you transition into some other state uh, and taking action into a new state, you, your, your whole unconscious shifts as well. So just remember that. I, I agree with that because I, I used to read a lot of on this. It was called like PerezHilton.com, I think it was. Oh, gosh. And it was a lot of, um, it was kind of like a gossip, celebrity gossip type of, oh, dear. of website. But then I realized that, you know, it's like, talking a lot about like maybe they'll show people's like kids or like 
breakups or things. And I was just like, why am I reading this? Like, there's so many things to read on the internet. And yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want, read whatever you want. But in my thought, I was like, I'm not reading anything that's like educating me or that I'm learning something yeah. or that I'm being productive. Yeah. Like, I felt like, you know, he was very funny in, in the way that he wrote. But it was, for me, it was just like a wasted time in the sense of like developing. Yeah. But I think, and yeah, one day, well, yeah, I, I quit cold turkey. I was like, I'm never going to go on this website again. And that was it. Brilliant. High five to that. Yeah, high five to that. Sorry, Paris. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's great, and I want you to have a great career, but it was just like, yeah, you know, you know if it's your escapism, fair enough. But mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of downtime. Uh, we kind of mentioned, and people would have their reasons, you know, nine to five, uh, when they finish. But um, there's still seven till two, where you can really pursue if if you want, if you're unhappy, if you want something else, and uh, you know, you can rather than just zoning out to the movie or the show that's on you can use the internet like we're doing right now (laughs) and attempt to reach out across the pond and uh and find some new people and you know and you can help one another and i think it's so much better when you fully are author of your own book your own story when you're captain of your own journey it is so much more fulfilling yes uh the hurdles and the challenges do hit harder. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but the rewards feel so much truer and you you experience them longer. You know, as soon as I turn off the TV, that's it. It's dead. It's gone. I, I, might, I might share that. I viewed that with someone. And how long is that conversation? What, like a minute? Then we move on. Whereas when you're living your own journey, you're living your life... Um, that's continuing all the time and the bonds that you make with people, relationships you open up, they're always there. And you can always just keep revisiting them and nurturing them and that's a really, really powerful thing which I think, unfortunately, technology has put us in a situ- situation where we're all connected yet a lot of us are feeling disconnected and I experienced something like this in January and I think you mentioned at uh, some point that someone uh, was feeling depressed as a result of social media, was that was that right? Or... Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a lot of times and there's a lot of people that will um, just look at others and think, oh, I wish I could be doing this or I wish I could have been there. The Instagram there. effect. Yeah, the Instagram effect is huge. And it's not real, guys. Yeah, even some people on Instagram are brave enough to say it, where they're like, oh, I, you know, I took 100 pictures to pick the best picture. My life isn't as exciting as yeah. my Instagram feed. You know, it is definitely the, the um, highlight reel of my life. Yeah. And I think we even talked about this the other day, where there is a kind of a bit of a pressure when you kind of feel like you're being portrayed or you're portraying yourself like in a certain light where you don't want to disappoint the people that follow you. You don't want to look sad. You don't want to look tired. You don't want to look upset because people know you as that like... Bubbly, quirky Canadian with so much energy. But you know what? I think what people really appreciate is truth. Mm. At the end of the day, more than anything, we appreciate the truth. I appreciate it. I like knowing... What's really happening? What's really going on in the world? What's really going on with someone? Even if that's a dark place. Yeah, maybe don't go so hard around uh, in the beginning. You know, frame it up for people so so they're kind of like, okay, you've got something to share with us. And if it's a big thing for you, then it's real to you, you know. 
I have a streamer friend and she's going through an operation and it, it, is, it is something that she's wanted for a long time and it was a big thing to her. You know, it's something which she, she choose, she's chosen to do. You know, it's a voluntary thing. Um, but it's something that's affected her for a long time. And for her to... She was really careful about framing it up with her community uh, as a streamer and made sure it's only subs that got to hear it first and sharing it in a nice way. And it, and it was really lovely when she shared it. And every, she got nothing but support from, from the her people watching. And um, I think we've got to stop being scared of not showing our shadow side sometimes mm-hmm. and showing that, you know, there's light and dark in all of us. Um, and I think it's, it's a good po- point of, um, of reference to remind us all that we're human, you know? And, then, and that's, that's actually a wonderful thing. Yeah, totally. And like I, I made a video where I talked about um, separating from my husband and... Um, it was a very personal video. I literally had just woken up in the morning. Jesus. And I had wanted to tape like a little thing. I, I honestly didn't think I was going to use it. It was almost going to be like a little diary, like a little kind of thing. And I just started talking. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to share this. And then someone sent me a message and said that they'd recently separated from their wife. And that watching it really um, like helped put yeah. into perspective their relationship and why it ended. And that I was really brave for sharing my story so candidly. And that it had really helped him feel better that day. And I probably got a hundred comments on that video of just kind of, you know, thanking me for for sharing the story. Because it was really personal. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't just me being like, hey, I'm in Prague. Hey, I'm in Vienna. It was like, hey, like I'm separating from my husband. And, you know, this is why. And, you know, let's you know, let's kind of try to move on from it. But yeah, yeah. no, no, it was, it was definitely a true thing. And I think that's why people kind of felt really connected to it. Cause we had not only good things happen in your life, like so far from it. Life is like, you know, you, you gotta appreciate those islands of goodness in between the, the, uh, the depths of the seas. Mm. We swim between them, but you know, we, we're primed around, pursuing things and having a purpose as human beings. And uh, I, I would say on the relationship side, just because a relationship ends in the way that you knew it, doesn't mean that that relationship's going to end, you know, for good. And don't feel like a failure. It doesn't mean you're a failure just because either you grew or something changed or preferences were altered or circumstances changed, you know. Um, that is part of the life cycle. And sometimes, you know, this stuff everyone knows, but we need reminding about it because when it happens, we're like, oh no. Because it feels like a big part of you is being taken away or out of your life, right? Yeah. And yet, there's so many people on this planet. There's so many different ideas and different things that can happen, different opportunities. Like, it's just, it's not meant to be this way, you know? It's just, there's something else. And I think uh, having hope in your heart even though some people want to say it's a wishy-washy thing, I think uh, it leads to happiness. And I love the quote that uh, Elon Musk referenced when he was on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast getting wasted. (laughs) Uh, He said that happiness is reality minus expectations. Hmm. What do you think of that? Well, I I think that it's true because I think your expectations that you put on yourself of where you want to be or how you want to live do weigh you down. There are like weights on your happiness. 
because if like I think we both kind of said how like birthdays are not necessarily our most happy day of the year because it's like oh another year's gone and I'm not where I want to be or I'm not where I thought I'd be or whatever and so I'm not like yay it's my birthday I'm gonna get wasted with all my friends I'm more so like oh gosh no I'm gonna be this age now and like I'm just you know starting over again moving to a new city again you know starting from scratch again but one of the things that made me excited now is that like when I first started comedy I thought oh this is like kind of like me my rebirth like I've been doing comedy for almost six years now September 30th wow yeah 2012 was when I first did my five minute set so yeah almost six years to the day and I kind of felt like that was like oh this is like a, a, yeah my new age in a way and then now I feel like you know coming to the UK and trying to really sink my teeth into like podcasts and all these new projects and you know new businesses and new ventures and new friendships this is kind of like another little bit of a rebirth for me and I think trying to find those rebirths when you feel like your life's kind of stagnated or that you're not fulfilled anymore is really important. Like you have mm. to create that excitement in your own life. Very few people are going yeah. to do it for you. hundred percent because they're busy with their own lives at that point until you, to you open that relationship. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes more kind of at bats and you, you know, patience, you, patience is key to build relationships. But, um, yeah, I, I know that, like for the vast majority of people, their happiest, their greatest happiness comes from their relationships. So Most definitely. You might as well keep trying to open up and uh, uh, those relationships with the ones that you want, whether that's business, family, friends, and beyond. I talked to this guy who was traveling around the world, and I don't know where I ran into him. I was like, "Where was your favorite place you visited?" And he said kind of like a small town in Canada, a place, I think Kingston, like Kingston, Ontario. Wow. And there's nothing wrong with Kingston, but most people wouldn't say, oh my God, I've gone around the world in Kingston. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Did you meet a girl in Kingston? He got, he's like, I did. It was the greatest week. And I was Jeez. like, oh, so there, yeah, this guy probably went to like, you know, the, the, the biggest waterfalls, say in like Africa or like the the wow. coldest mountain peaks or whatever. Like he was just such an adventurous guy. Yeah. And then... Like, what stole his heart and all of his travels was the relationship he made in Kingston, Ontario. So, yeah, it's very true about that. And I think my biggest memories from my travels, too, have been those, like, unexpected nights out where you you just spend it with some cool friends in a cool place and you have great conversations and you just kind of enjoy each other's company. Because I think humans are incredibly social creatures, you know? We're very tribal. No man is an island. It's, uh, you know... As the saying goes, and I think um, I would, as I reflect upon January as being one of the darkest months ever that I experienced, um, I was trying to write on my own in my room, um, uh, trying to write a book, and it's not something that I've necessarily done or attempted before, um, even though I've written stories when I was younger. Um, it was very dark, it was very cold, and it was very isolated, and I knew that I'd felt this level of depression that I've never felt before. I probably had different levels of it before, but um, this was the darkest time, and I knew that I just had to keep trying to connect. And I shared this with Michelle recently, that I had four events booked up with different groups of people, one-on-one, in a group, you know, we were going to go bowling, um, different individuals, and every single time I got the train, I went in, the cafe was closed, they cancelled the bowling, they didn't want to go, 
and got cancelled on all of them. But just in the action of being proactive and attempting to that, that kind of clicked something in my mind and it opened up something and, you know, eventually I did get to those things. But just the actioning of something, actioning of trying to meet people, actioning of reaching out is so powerful, especially if you're feeling down. And I would just keep reminding people, if you're going to that space, it's like the last thing you want to do. You just want to snuggle up. You want to like just hide in your bed, in your room. You want to do, you've got to do the opposite. You've got to force yourself, get up, go out, find a friend, find a stranger, find a coffee shop. You know, there's some really lovely people that work in uh, the whole, um, what's it called? Entertainment industry or, uh, you know, yeah. But, or even uh, just hospitality. Yeah, hospitality. Yeah. That's what I meant. Hospitality industry. I'm yeah. not sure about entertainment industry. Yeah. But hospitality industry, They uh, we, we met some a very nice gentleman when we went for Chinese in, in the casino. And uh, he was very kind he throughout the, the experience. He had top hospitality schnapps. Um, uh, I would also say um, cognitive biases. And this is something that I probably would repeat to a lot of people is like, you, you you tend to think in black and white, especially our egos do. So something's either good or bad, this way or that way, right? But really it's both, right? Yeah, it's so true. It's both. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good and it's bad. It might be more bad than good, but there's some good. And if you can find that good, that's the gold. And that's going to get you through. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. And then once you get through that, now there's more good and there's bad. The bad's probably behind you and you're going to have that experience of this is a good experience. But if you can be aware of how your mind is, is kind of functioned, yeah. uh, the mind is primed to identify threats and remember certain uh, traumatic events. That's why you're going to be the captain of that ship. Yeah, I remember talking about that where I'm like, no, I was excited to move to the UK but I was having kind of a bit of a not like a crisis but like starting to reflect on all the things i would have missed in los angeles like oh i mm. played mario party with these three people and we do potlucks and we like the four of us would play mario party even though we're all in our early 30s and uh it was kind of funny because josh is like well you know i have some friends and maybe like we yeah. could play mario party here like it is sad that you're leaving and there's you can't deny that but it's also exciting and there's also like there is the flip side to that coin always and it's okay for it to be both like it really is you don't have to focus on just one or the other but don't just think oh it's sad think about all the good things about it too and like the reasons that you made this choice and it is true because yeah there's it isn't black and white at all it's many shades of gray so yeah be be mindful listeners we will be dropping a little bit of knowledge here and there in amongst the stories yeah. uh, and I hope it's beneficial um, if there's you know if you want to connect with us we're at Laughing Mountie all, all the uh, social media platforms yeah that's um, Laughing M-O-U-N-T-I-E yes in case, oh you good know, you spell it out yeah because sometimes you know there's like a Y could have been in there potentially Gosh, you never right. know yeah yeah I know I misspelled it the first time so <laughs> it's uh, easy to do that's happened but yeah just yeah. as a uh, just as like if you want to tweet us or hit us up on the Facebook, I know uh, we've always got the Twitch set up, um, you know, twitch.tv forward slash laughing mountie. We'd be very open to discussing, because we thought about it, like what could be potential yeah. topics, right? And there's a lot yeah. of questions on like Quora as an example that people enjoy um, hearing people discuss. So if there's any yeah. kind of question that you think you would 
be uh, curious to, to see our opinions on. We'd be more than happy to, to read some of those and to, to delve into yeah. what you think might be a fascinating conversation because we, we love talking to each other, but we also love talking to people and to the community. And uh, we, we definitely want this to be a two-way conversation um, as much as possible. Yeah, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. And as much as these sayings can feel corny at times, it makes a world of difference. Um, and it touches me to know just the people that I've been able to touch through Twitter, which I thought was quite an inanimate platform in a way. It's very restricted in terms of the number of characters you can use. But we are, we are like we said, we, we, we are kind of um, designed to connect. And we do that. We can do that through so many different mediums. So don't be a stranger. I know this is the first one. Um, it's been really enjoyable. Yeah, I, yeah, I no, we love talking. It. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feel free to give us any feedback. And you guys have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day. Bye.